the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word. Father, open eyes, illuminate hearts. Father, everyone in this room had options today, and we chose to be with our family, our church family. We chose to be in your presence all because we value you and we put you first. And Father, for those live streaming, God, that stopped what they were doing to to hear from you in this moment, may, Father, you not only anoint the words that I speak, say things that that don't even come out my mouth. You are the teacher of the church. So, Father, do what you do in this moment, and we give you all the honor and all the glory for what you do. And the church says, amen. Amen. We're going to be in Matthew 26. Matthew 26 and verse 30, we're going to do a little bit of jumping around. This message could very easily be two hours long, but I did my best to condense it. Um, So we're going to cover a lot in a little bit of a space. Verse 30, and when they had sung a hymn, Jesus and the disciples were together For the last time, Jesus was about to experience literal hell on earth. But despite what was coming, he did not miss the worship portion of the service. It said when he had sung a what? Hymn. We don't necessarily worship because things are great. We worship because God is great. So when I feel up, he's worthy. When I feel down, he's worthy. When I don't feel anything at all, he's worthy. And I've learned to praise him no matter what I'm going through. And I got that from Jesus. He's about to be crucified, hung naked in front of all his peers and everyone who who had seen his ministry. His mama was going to watch from afar. And uh, nonetheless, he lifted up a song. Of praise. So I do have a question for you. Why is it that you don't praise? After they had sung a hymn, they went to the Mount of Olives, which was Jesus's favorite place to pray. And Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter six and verse nine. He said, listen, this is how you guys ought to pray. 
You need to begin like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed, 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 hallowed. Prayer is always to begin with worship and reverence of the name. Worship, in fact, Jesus is actually teaching us in the, in the Lord's, what we call the Lord's Prayer. It's the wings that kind of take our prayers to heaven. But he also taught us that true worship like prayer is not accomplished just by the lips, but ultimately by the heart. And when we lose our worship, we lose everything. So in verse 31, everyone is enjoying the presence of God and God himself, to God taking on flesh, is standing there. The presence of God is in the room. And, and imagine listening to Jesus sing. That must have been amazing. But then Jesus messes up the whole thing by stating these ominous words. I'm like, Jesus, can't you keep a mood? I mean, why you got to mess stuff up? And many of us, we just want to have church and feel good. We don't always want to deal with truth. So... So, so, so then Jesus said, they said, all of you, none excluded, sweet Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence, but I know something about the flesh. All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. You're not going to understand what's happening, for it is written. Where did Jesus go in tough moments, he went to the word. He went to the word. For it is what written. I will strike the shepherd and the shepherd of the flock will be, I'm sorry, and the sheep of the flock will be what? Scattered. So Jesus is, 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 is beginning to teach him. He's been doing it for a while, but it hasn't registered. That there's no Christianity without the cross. There's no progress without sacrifice. And there will not be effective harvest without pruning. But he went through it because he saw the afterwards. But after I have been what? Raised. And he was saying, disciples, you will stumble. The shepherd will be struck. But don't give up because I'm working on something now that you only understand later. And I'm a little bit ahead of myself. But God's been working on something right now that you will only be able to appreciate later. Right now, you don't get it. Right now, you might not like it. But later. Aristotle said this. He said, patience may be bitter, but its fruit is sweet. He said, but after I have been raised I will go before you to Galilee. First Corinthians 2 and 8 tells us that the devil uh, thought the cross would actually be the end of God's plan in Jesus' life. But really, the cross was the best part of God's plan. And Jesus was saying he would see them on the other side. Now, because of time, I'm not leaning into all these, 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 these points here. But many of us think the cross we're facing right now is the end of us. But actually, it's the making of us. 
Peter answered and said to Jesus, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I'm not like everyone else. I am the exception to human principles and God's word. And then he said, I, 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 I. God had spoken, but I, I, I. Got engaged. He said, I, he might as well smack Jesus in the face. Jesus is God taking on flesh, but he's also man speaking under complete inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus just said, everybody is going to stumble, but you come back. I'm different. I'm the exception. I will never be cautious about what you say you will never do. You see, Adam thought he'd never until he met Eve. Samson thought he'd never until he met Delilah. Miriam thought she'd never until she got leprosy. Be slow to condescend. Be slow about judging other people because given the right circumstances, we will surprise ourselves. You will surprise yourself. I recognize you've been in church for 30 years, but you will be surprised by what life might make you do. And I've learned in my life That unless I'm speaking the word of God or something proven in science, and it's not that I believe in science, it's God created the laws that science has unveiled. But words like always, words like never, forever, or whosoever, they belong exclusively to God. And as saved as you are, Until you are in that category, be slow to talk about what you would never, ever do. But Peter didn't understand this yet. Let's go to Matthew 16 and 21. Because he had done the same thing 10 chapters earlier in Matthew 16. From that time, this is, we're going back about a year, maybe a year and a half, and, and he does this throughout, and I can't cover all of the, the text, but he does this throughout. How many of y'all have a few habits and some character quirks that, 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 you know, uh, can sneak up on you, and, and, and it's, it's kind of a blind spot. You don't see it, and, and you don't even understand, why are you having all this trouble with me, God? Why are you dealing with me this way? Because he sees things you don't see. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised on the third day. But guess what? Peter was not hearing it. He thought he knew better than the prophetic scriptures. He thought he knew better than God. 
And many times we don't put it that way, but we think we know better than God. God tells you to program. And he says, get with the program, but you think you have a better way. You have a better approach. That somehow you are the exception. I'm going to dig in just a little bit to help you, but, 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 but stay with me. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke Jesus. He said, far be it from you, Lord. This, now he's speaking like he's under inspiration. This shall not happen to you. Peter was sincere. Peter loved Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with not wanting something bad to happen to someone you love. But just because he was sincere didn't mean he wasn't sincerely wrong. He had to understand, like many of us have to come to understand, there is no Christianity without a cross. Jesus said, unless you take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. So we love Jesus when he talks about healing. We love Jesus when he talks about getting our bills paid. We love Jesus when, when, when we talk about how he protects us and preserves us. But all of a sudden, when Jesus shows up and he says, on this such and such a street, I want you to meet me there at 2 o'clock. Because I have a cross named Sally, a cross named Eddie, a cross that might be your job, a cross that might be your child. We're there for every other meeting except the one that where he wants to introduce us to the cross. You see, Peter's opinion about how things should go we're in direct opposition to Jesus. But I do want to tell you this is normal. If you are in opposition with God's plan for your life, don't think it strange. Don't beat yourself, condemn yourself, because Isaiah tells us my thoughts are not your thoughts. You see, if it was the way we thought, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have to reveal it. We wouldn't need teaching. We wouldn't have to understand the Bible if his thoughts were naturally our thoughts. So when we really have a, a, a interaction with God and we really come to face to face with God, we're not always going to get it. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways. My way of doing things is not the way you do it. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher. Than yours and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. It's normal not to understand God's ways. But what's foolish is when we choose ours over his. So Jesus turned to Jesus. How many, I mean, to, to, to Peter, how many of you know it's not a good idea to correct Jesus? But if you're honest with our, yourself, 
many of us spend half our time correcting God. It shouldn't be that way. Why is it that way? Come on, come on. So come on. Don't put Peter down here because Peter's you and I, all right? So he turned and said to Peter because Peter started smelling himself. And Jesus had to respond harshly for his own good. God is rough not because he can't control his temper, but because he knows sometimes it's the only tone we respond to. It's getting worse. But God's like, if you don't understand nice, I can still make you understand. God's tone in your life is commensurate often to your stubbornness and your pride. If you respond to a whisper, he'll give you a whisper. But if you need a loud, crashing voice, he knows how to do that too. So he said to Peter, his leading disciple, a man he loved, a man who had left all to follow him, a man who had sacrificed for him, a man that he had used to cast out demons, uh, lay hands on the sick because all of the 12 apostles had been sent out and, and they've done mighty works and miracles. And he said, get behind me, Satan. You see, Peter, you think that second guessing God's will is not a big deal. But what I need you to understand is that all that second guessing going on is a central part of God's plan to totally destroy you and totally destroy your future leadership. You see, Jesus saw Peter's thoughts and mindset for what it was. And by the time we, again, we're in chapter 16 when he does this, but by the time we get to verse 20 or chapter 26, Peter is almost fully in the grip of Satan. What happens is we keep playing with things, playing with things, playing with things, playing with things. I used this example once. It's a horrifying example. There was a lady that really liked snakes. So she had this big old boa constrictor or something thing that she slept with at night. And, you know, a little time passed, and she sleep with the snake. But a, maybe a week or two in, she took the vet, she took the snake to the vet. It was like, well, my snake has stopped eating. And I'm concerned about the snake. And the vet asked her to describe, you know, what goes on with the snake. And he told us, you know, hey, I sleep with the snake. This, I love the snake. I mean, the snake is, is my life and my heart. And the vet had to tell you, tell him, the reason the snake stopped eating was so he'd have enough room to eat you. So Satan was trying to swallow Peter up. 
Peter, again, by 26, he's almost in the full grip. And if you keep giving the devil a seat at your table, don't be surprised when he flips it over. Luke 22 and 31, and we're going to get back to 26. He gives us some more details here. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan, Satan that was on you in 16, I've been trying to teach you through it. I mean, we worshiped through it and all the rest, but you kept making the same decision. Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. So Peter kept letting the devil in his head. So the devil actually had solid spiritual ground to ask God for Peter's mind. You see, after you have danced with the devil all night, don't be surprised when the DJ expects to get paid. You say, Bishop, you're in your opinion right now. Romans 6 and 16. It says this. We become servants to whatever or whoever we obey. So I've learned in my life, whether I understand it or not, God's word is more liberating than I've ever imagined. Because when I obey him, I'm free from the other one. You hear what I'm saying? Verse 32, Jesus sees what's going on in the spirit realm. He's saying, you know what? Satan has dibs on you, Peter. I've called you to repent, but you refuse. I mean, I was nice. I got hard. I mean, I said it backwards. I said forward. We sung it and we did everything. And he asked to sift you. When wheat is sifted, that's when they, they throw the wheat in the air and the chafe would blow away and you never use it again, never see it again. And only the good stuff will come down. And what the devil was saying is, is Peter is, is like that chafe. Peter is not for real. He's not a real follower of you, Jesus. And the reality is there was some truth in the statement because it, it was enough truth for him to go to God to ask. For Peter. But verse 32. But I have prayed for you. But Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus. But I have not because you deserve it. But because I have interceded. Because I have prayed for you. And if it had not been for the Lord on my side. I know it's hard to clap here, but stay with me. But I have prayed for you that your faith, even though you're foolish, that your faith should not fail. And what he was saying to Peter is, Peter, I'm not going to take you out of the line of fire because there's a lesson you obviously need to learn. But what I'm going to do is give you the faith to get through it. God does not always stop it. But if you look to him, he'll give you the faith to get through it. You know, when it comes to God disciplining 
his children, it's not that he gives us what we deserve. We deserve a sinner's hell. He just gives us whatever it takes. Pay attention. Pay attention. In our lives, if you are a child of God, you are not getting what you really deserve. But God is wise enough to give you whatever it takes to get you to the other side. He said, I've prayed for you, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. God was going to get Peter out of his craziness, but he was going to do it also so Peter could show other people the way out. What God is bringing you through now will become a testimony that will help bring others out if you let him. But you have to go through this process. The fact he was a disciple did not exempt him from discipline. In fact, the fact you are being disciplined means you are a disciple. The book of Hebrews says that the father only disciplines his children. You've been listening to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. Join us next time as we continue this teaching. We pray that God's word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at gracechurchvatv. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.